Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Three down, one to go. In incredible fashion, the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos have knocked off three of the big four and will surely face off with at least one more this weekend. On this episode, we have a special guest, one who knows all about the program responsible for the most thrilling start in recent NCAA men's water polo history and who is responsible for bringing back one of the most storied Orange County High School programs to the top, Newport Harbor High School head coach Ross Sinclair. This is episode number 21 of the Cross Pass Podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, here we are at the CrossFast Podcast, back again. But in a different location tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're in this confined team room here. This is the first time I've been on a pool deck this late at night in so long. <laughs> kind of giving me some, I'm kind of stressed out a little yeah, bit some, right some now. Yeah, some PTSD yeah, going on. <laughs> I hear the whistles going, I'm like, all right, who oh, do I got to yell at right now? Amazing nights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Kids. Special episode tonight, though. Yeah. Very excited. We have a guest. Yeah, we do. Who is that, Daniel? Our guest tonight is none other than Ross Sinclair. How's, How's it going? Doing? It's going great, guys. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for having me and coming to uh, come to our pool deck. Yeah. No, thank you, first off, for, uh, for being on the show. Um, this is episode number 21. 21. We made it, man. The, the podcast can drink now. <laughs> we can. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, yeah, let's go. Drink, it could buy tobacco. Uh-huh. I think that's all really you can get at 21. Yeah, exactly. Just a, probably a rough patch for hitting 21, too. <laughs> yeah, the hangovers are starting to get a little <laughs> yeah. real at this point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we are here with Ross. Um, just here to talk about kind of the normal stuff, but um, also just talk a lot with you about your experience as a coach, um, your take on how the, the men's college season has been going so far. Obviously, the high school boys season is in full swing as well, but uh I thought first um, we would take care of our trivia. So the question last week was, um, it was kind of like a three-parter. It was, which schools outside of the big four, so outside of UCLA, Cal, Stanford, USC, have won a men's NCAA championship? Um, And how many collective titles they have between them? Um, Which school is the last to do it and what year that was in? All right. Well, for sure, UCSB Gauchos. Okay. I can't mess that one up. Yeah. 1979. All right. Uh, as a Gaucho myself. Pepperdine, I think 97. They won one. Uh, UCI. Let's see. It's probably Pepperdine 97. So I think those are the three schools that have won a national championship outside of the big four. And yeah, it's going to be the... Uh, Pepperdine, I think 1997 will be. Damn, man! I said 1998. See, I yeah. knew it was Pep. I knew they were. I only know because obviously Merrill, and then there's yeah. some former coaches of mine when I was here uh, that were kind of a part of that yeah. that run, and they 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 made it really known that, <laughs> which as they should, you know, yeah. winning a championship is incredible. Alex Rodriguez was my coaching club growing up, and yeah. he would let us know every time possible that he'd won a national championship with Pepperdine. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, I did. I thought I knew it was Pep, but I just got the year wrong. But I feel like a complete idiot for not thinking of Irvine and Santa Barbara, yeah. like especially Irvine, man. Uh, any guesses the total number of titles? Oh, jeez. One at Pepperdine, one at Santa Barbara. I think UCI has three. 
That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's totally go. Yeah, there right. you go. All right. Yeah. So five outside the big four. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. But in like a lot of years. That's what I'm saying. No, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's, that's a lot. And then as we all know, Pacific made it to the title game in 2013. They right. lost right. an overtime to SC. Right. So we have one close one here recently. And maybe one this year? <laughs> would be great. The magic is running right now. We'll see. Uh, we shall see. Um, so I thought that we'd warm up with you a little bit. Um, play a couple of games here. Is there a new trivia? Uh, no, I didn't think of one. All right, that's cool. Break. All right. Plus, because nobody like hits us up on Twitter about it. Follow us on Twitter at <laughs> yeah. Pod. Maybe people actually you know talk to us sometimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have this game here called This or That. All right. Warm um, up a little bit. Right. <laughs> so. Um, Ross, would you rather win a championship game by one goal or by ten goals? Uh, probably one goal. I think it's be a little more exciting of a game. So, all right, yeah, that's cool. That's what I said too. Yeah. I agree for sure. Uh, Santa Barbara or Orange County? Oh wow, jeez. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Santa Barbara. It's God's country. It's it's the best up there. All but right. I love us. i born and raised here. So okay. Uh, bar down, bar in, or donut. Uh, definitely donut. Absolutely <laughs> okay. donut. Yeah. Um, the beach or the mountains? Beach. Okay. Very easy there. Uh, beer or alcohol? Ooh. Um, alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Any preference? Uh, whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. All right. Nice. Uh, rock or hip hop music? Rock. rock. Absolutely rock. Um, high school boys or high school girls? Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez, if they're all listening, they're going <laughs> to tune it in. Uh, yeah, you might have to hear about this. <laughs> That's a tie. Is there? Can I plead the fifth? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. I don't know. It's tough. I mean, they, there's pros and cons to both. But <laughs> since right. I'm in boy season right now, I'll say boys for now. Ask me in three months, I'll say girls. Got it. Okay. Um, club or high school? Uh, high school, absolutely high school. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just the where just being at Newport. Yeah. This is essentially a it's a year round you know high school group that trains as a club in the off season and. Just the way I've been brought up my whole life, so yeah, high school all the way through. All right, um, so that's it. that's kind of it for this or that. But we have some other fun questions here <laughs> for you. Um, if you could have a beer with any water polo player or coach, who would it be? Wow, I'd probably say Ratko Rudich. Okay, right. yeah. How come? Uh, I mean, I think he's probably the greatest greatest coach of all time in our in our sport. Yeah. Um, I think aside from Adam Gregorian. Um, so, so yeah, I think Ratko would be that guy. It's, from what I've heard from play, uh, coaches that have played for him, Wolf Wigo, my former coach, he said that he's just an absolute genius. And so being around someone like that would be pretty incredible. To mm-hmm. share a beer would, would be equally as, uh, as awesome. Yeah. Uh, like, is there anything in particular that you want to ask him or talk to him about? I mean, just more like I think the mental side and the psychological side of preparation for, for just the athletes as individuals. I mean, I've heard stories about the way he just would crush his guys down, yet they would come out and still be able to perform at, at the world stage at the highest level. So there's got to be some sort of special uh, mental component that he has and understands of his athletes that he can beat them down to a bloody pulp and then all of a sudden get them to, to play at their highest level. So um, I think that'd be pretty pretty neat to understand his insight on on when to push and when to give back and, and all that. So, uh-huh. yeah. Um, just kind of off of that, I think it's pretty interesting because we were talking last week, Bosco and I, about like the whole head coaching side of things and like how, um, like I think that kind of a, a coach's biggest attribute is um, kind of like the psychological part or, you know, like being a motivator. 
and stuff like that more than anything. So I think, yeah, that would be a, a interesting too. Because we were speaking about kind of like the whole thing at USC, what's going on. Right. Obviously, everybody knows how Yovan was his coach. And so versus maybe how Pinta is now. So right. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, just getting guys to kind of buy in. You know, it's, I think coaching is definitely like you guys both tapped into like a mental game too. Being able to pull out from, pull a lot from your players. So yeah. yeah. Um, is there any kind of rule change that you would like to implement? Oh, wow! They're putting me on the spot here with all this. <laughs> um, addition, change, maybe take a rule away. I mean, I think in the international stage, it'd be great to have 13 players back on the roster. Yeah. I think you'll hear that from a lot of people. Um, you know. Anything to promote and help our sport and have more opportunity to play, I think, would be better for our sport. Uh, I actually am a big fan of the like, six-meter line. I, I like putting the ball in play. Mm-hmm. Um, being around that over the last year and a half with the national team, with the youth team, um, that was pretty cool as far as like the speed of the game. Um, and I really enjoy the 20-second exclusion. Uh, it's not a 30-second possession. It goes to 20 seconds if it's under. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's makes that six on five really exciting and that five man equally as exciting and important and, and pretty fast. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. Okay. It's been cool. Um, so as a coach, uh, what are kind of, you know, what are just the, the things that really grind your gears that really <laughs> make you mad? Kind of some pet peeves. Uh, for me, uh, the big thing I think is body language. Uh, I think that's really important. If you, if you have good body language, you don't let things affect you and you, you can't, you don't show it. I think it says a lot about what type of team you are, what type of player you have. Um, and so when, when you get someone that makes a mistake and they kind of sulk and they eye roll at the official as a disagreement as opposed to just continuing to play, um, that, that, that really does my head in. Mm-hmm. Uh, frustrates me when you know, we talk about playing in the moment. And if you're, not, if you're playing in the moment, then you don't have time to worry about yourself over something that's already happened. So uh, that, that's, a, that's a huge frustration for me. And, you know, being a high school coach, you see it a little more often, probably as you progress up into the collegiate or professional ranks. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that I see it daily and try to fix and correct. And, yeah. Add to my gray hairs that hopefully aren't coming in yet, but they'll be there eventually. <laughs> All right. And the uh, last thing, just what are your general interests outside of water polo? Uh, my family. I have two, two uh, girls at home, almost two-year-old and six-month-old. And my wife, uh, you know, we... When I'm not here at the pool deck and I'm at the beach hanging out with them, try to get up to Santa Barbara where, where my wife's from and where I went to school, uh, generally at the beach as much as possible. And, and I also lifeguard uh, for the city of Newport. Oh, nice. So pick up some shifts in the summer. And um, and then I love basketball, surf. Uh, Lakers, right? Of course. Let's go. Hey, let's go. Big <laughs> Laker fan. <laughs> Um, yeah, so. they better do better this year, man. I swear. They will. They will. <laughs> God, I hope so. Yeah. I'm not a LeBron guy, but I love Anthony Davis. <laughs> oh yeah, and keeping Kuzma, I think, is a, is a big, oh, yeah. big pickup. So <laughs> we do also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's that. Uh, just some more housekeeping stuff. We're just going to go through some interesting scores from the weekend. Um, Pacific beat San Jose State 14 to 12. Pretty close game there. Yeah. Uh, the San Jose Spartans, are they kind of on the come up now too, or what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I think they got a couple chances because there was another close score I saw with them too. I forgot who it was against, but I think they went into overtime with somebody. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Everybody's getting at each other now. Yeah. Man. Everybody believes. Yeah. I swear. Um, so Cal did get their revenge. Like we talked about, they beat Davis 14 to 10 over the weekend over there in the Aggies' house. Uh, four goals from 
Safa Sinsek and Jasmine Kowasinac. Yeah. I think that's how you say their names. Adrian Weinberg, 11 saves, so he's in double digits again. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that's a thing to skip over, though, either. I think that's a pretty big thing for Cal. Like, I mean, we personally were just shitting all over them in this <laughs> last couple episodes. So. I like Cal, too. Like, <laughs> as a program, they've always been kind of up there for me. But, yeah. man, yeah, they just have not been doing it. Yeah, I think they're they're a young, a relatively young uh, team this year. I know I know Kirk does a great job, and, and Jeff's a good buddy of mine. They're they're assistant coach. But graduating Hooper and, and Odysseus is yeah, that's a pretty big uh, you know some big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Can't do that by one kid or two kids coming in. Um, that Greek center they have, Nikolau Papa Nikolau, mm-hmm. guys, the real deal. So really? yeah, I saw him at Youth Worlds last summer and. He was the best center in the whole whole competition. Oh, wow. So, nice. yeah, they'll be they'll be just fine, I think. Yeah, yeah. He he had three goals in this game as well. <laughs> um, I think it's just like interesting from our standpoint because given that they are a big four team, it seems like they they just reload every year. All four of those schools like they're always getting the top recruits. They never really have a down year, and this kind of appears to be one of those times. So, I just think it's like a little uh, it raises everybody's eyebrows. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Cal then on the flip side only beat Santa Clara by three, 12 to nine. So they tired, man. They just got to use all that. They can't lose again. Yeah, no way. Really can. <laughs> um, let's see here. UCLA beat Pepperdine 14 to 12. So Pepperdine put it on for the GCC. Yeah. Yeah. That was a close game for sure. Yeah. I was keeping track of that on the Twitter sphere. And Alex Wolf, 11 saves, four goals for Nicholas Savilic. Uh-huh. He was kind of somebody I was looking forward to ball out this year. Yeah, um, three goals from Ash Smolton as well uh, for Pepperdine. Let's see, Balashkosa, Hungarian. He had four goals. Priscilla for three. Um, yeah, I was looking at their stats today, like their goals and Marco Osic. You know, like he's just a huge guy to come back for them too. And it's kind of funny. I thought he would be a huge goal scorer. He's like third or I think he's like fourth or fifth. But I think he like shaking off the cobwebs, I guess. But Probably. dude, they're kind of loaded. They got some shooters. They're yeah. good. Yeah. They're going to be real good. Yeah. yeah that whole conference, is, I'm really excited to see how it all breaks down. Yeah, the GCC is it's pretty stacked this year. It's, yeah. Which is, I think, it's going to be a really good year for college water polo. Uh-huh. I would be really interested to see if the GCC finally ends up stealing one of these at-large berths for NC2As. Because, you know, it's always kind of a shoe-in for one of these big 14s or MPSF teams, you know, that, that doesn't win the tournament. So, I think it'd be kind of cool to see if that ends up happening. Yeah. Um, see, I know USC beat Long Beach like thirteen to six on Thursday. Yeah, I turned that off not in the a, second quarter. Yeah, not <laughs> as close of a game as I was hoping no, for. Couldn't handle it. Yeah, it's all good. Um, let's see, four goals for Nemanja Bakic for Long Beach, and uh, five from Jacob Merchep, the lefty. Yeah, he's balling this year. He's going in again. That guy's good. Yeah, he's really good. And then uh, Hannes one for five. He's only got three G's this year. Yeah, which I'm glad that well, I'm not glad this happened. I don't hope that anybody plays poorly, but it just kind of reminded me, like, um, and me, Ross. I think this might be something that you would have a lot of expertise in. Like, after a long summer like this with Worlds and Pan Ams and a lot of preparation beforehand, do you think that players who are still in college that are on the senior team, like, is there some kind of fatigue factor? You know, because they're just rolling straight into their college season. Yeah, I think that's definitely. I can't speak for Hunnis himself, but I mean, he's a talent. I think he'll he'll figure it out real quick. Um, but yeah, a long summer is for sure going to, going to have an effect on, on the beginning of the season. Um, 
you know, you added the school probably into the factor yeah. and all that. There's probably, you know, there's some other things out there that might cause for the, uh, you know, maybe a little slow start to his standards or what everyone else has for him. But I'm sure when it gets going, he'll, he'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. He'll get it going. He's, he's an incredible player. I kind of feel like a broken record, but we have to keep saying it. It's still so early in the season, yeah. you know, all these exciting scores are happening and it's, you know, it's generating a lot of conversation, obviously. But, you know, just sustaining, man. Bosco said it last week. You don't want to play your best water polo too early, right? So Yeah, I feel like, yeah, you definitely you can't peak too early. Yeah. You can't do that. Which uh, leads us into our last notable score of the week. <laughs> Love it. Let's see. The Gauchos. Let's go. Oh, man. Is gauchos, it, this is wild. Fif- yeah. 15-10 over the Stanford Cardinals. Five in, goals. In Stanford's house. Yeah, again, not a fluke, man. UCSB led three to one after the first six two at halftime, and then put it home with a six three fourth quarter there in the end. What's going on up there? What's oh, it's, the- it's incredible. It, it's just it's aside from obviously I'm a homer, right? I, I went to UCSB. I, I love UCSB, um, but it's an incredible run that, that they're putting on. You know, I think it's a testament to to Wolf and, and Coach Ryan McMillan up there, and, and obviously the boys. I know speaking with Wolf and Ryan, that group is it's a tight group, and, and they've. There's been a little. There's a lot of buzz now on that group, and kind of had some insights. Uh, one of the guys did an article about kind of that group and, and the team, and it just seems like everyone gets along, everyone's motivated, everyone's on the same page. And I think you mentioned Bosco about buy-in. Uh, I think they're all bought in, and and so that that first win against SC a couple weekends ago kind of kickstarted it. The magic against Pepperdine at the end there, yeah. uh, and then driving up that morning to go up to Stanford. And yeah, I mean they they beat them pretty good, so um, it's it's an incredible stretch. I hope they can sustain it and keep it going. And yeah. as a gaucho myself, <laughs> I've I got full faith that they're gonna they're gonna keep it going. Is this something that you think that they've kind of had in the back of their mind for a little bit now, like this tight knit group? Like, hey, you know, we're gonna take our licks, you know, early on, like as a young group, and like kind of build up. And they've kind of had this idea. Like uh, Daniel did a good job interviewing Wolf last week. And Wolf's like excitement in his voice about this yeah. group, you could tell he's like fired up and amped up. Like from talking to him or keeping track, do you think this is something that they've kind of known that they could do a little bit? Yeah, I think there's. I think he has a lot of confidence in, in all those guys individually. Um, and and when you think about it, and you look at that group, there's a lot of guys individually that's that's won. They've won a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that Nathan Puentes kid, right? He he's from Stanford Club. That. Pretty much, I'm sure he's won a JO championship at almost every every age uh, group level. Um, you know, the Yvonne, uh, the defender. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been really successful before he got here at back in Serbia. He's one of the best defenders in the country. Uh, you know, Danny Roland in the cage now, uh, coming off of a great year, even at UCLA last year. I mean, his high school team and club team at Shaq, they they were always in the in the running for every major club tournament. Um, so there's guys on that team that it's not that they've never been there before. So they think they have a winning mentality. There's winning DNA within individuals in that group. And I think their practices probably create some pretty high level competition that helps them prepare for, for these games. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unreal. And you got to shout out, um, your kid from Newport here, Cole. Yeah. Cole Cole, yeah. yeah. Cole's the best. <laughs> I mean, he's a, I love the kid. Uh, He's a warrior. Um, you know, when I first took over the program, I've known Cole since he was a kid. He's a junior guard of mine, actually. Um, and he was one of the best kids as a nine-year-old then. Uh, but when he was here, he basically run through a wall for us. Uh, 
And so seeing him at Santa Barbara, just picking up where he left off here is, it's cool. It's, it's really fun to see. And his little brother, Ryan, who's a year below him and is getting a lot of run too. And those guys, they just want to win. I mean, everything that I've known, uh, been with them for the last few years at Newport, all they want to do is win everything, whether we're playing basketball in the off season, they just wanted to win. Uh, whether it was five lives competition in the middle of December, they just wanted to win. Uh, so I think those two guys add a lot to that, um, that, that component of that winning, winning DNA. That's important. Cool. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk about uh, your high school program here in a second time, building it back up. And as you mentioned, Ryan, uh, he had two goals against the Cardinal as did Cole. Um, four goals for Leo, you know. And I was going to mention Leo. <laughs> yeah. So Leo, I watched him put about, I don't know, 12 goals one night because he played for Marina, which yeah. Marina traditionally is not the best uh, water polo program, but he played for SoCal, uh, which is a you know one of the top yeah. clubs. And there's another guy that, you know, nine months out of the year, he's playing high-level water polo since he's probably 10 and unders. Mm-hmm. Um, and that guy's a talent, absolute talent. I remember watching him. I mean, we, we played him, and I think – we beat him pretty handily, but he scored of the seven goals. I think he scored six. Yeah. Uh, but we had to double team him, and 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 he's, yeah, he's he's uh, catching fire too. So. There you go. And um, just last year for the Cardinal, Ben Halleck had three goals. Bennett Williams two goals on seven shots. Um, Dylan Woodhead had two as well, and Andrew Chun made twelve saves for Stanford. So it looks like Stanford's kind of maybe going back and forth with they have between the pipes. So tomorrow we will see the Gauchos up top on the rankings. I mean, we got to assume that, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, you it's, have to, right? Like they kind of push past UCLA. Feet. Like they took down two number ones. Like I, I, they got to be. Yeah, I one. guess the only one, only way that it wouldn't be is if they both were tied for first. True. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's going to be a one next to their name. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, which well, well deserved. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the only one that they haven't beat. It was UCLA. So maybe they'll get a chance of them this weekend at the NBA segment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for our housekeeping stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Ross, um, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. The people want to hear about you. Yeah, yeah. Enough of this BS about the sports. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, so first off, you have a Wikipedia page, man. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I didn't know about that. <laughs> so that's new, and I don't know why. Cause Ross I, and Claire Waterpolo first thing comes up, man. Yeah. You're a celebrity. I don't know how, <laughs> and I don't know what the. Yeah, I, I actually someone. I think one of my former players a while ago like mentioned it, and I was like, huh. and I went back and looked. I was like, who who creates that? Yeah, I didn't. And, yeah. It is what it is, and I don't have like a story. You know, I'm not an Olympian. I'm not. Hey, a, don't tell yourself short. <laughs> no, but like, let's be real here. You know, like if I have one, then I think any. I guess there should be a whole bunch of people out there that have them as well. So it it's. I think it's still surprising. I. It's yeah, it's pretty funny. You just have um, made, must have made a legendary status name for yourself up there in Santa Barbara and Isla Vista. Walking the streets. No, no, I'm washed up. It has been that never was. That's oh, me. Man. <laughs> All right. Um, so I thought we'd start off first talking about um, high school stuff, coaching. So um, you're an alumnus of Newport Harbor. That must be pretty special for you then to now be at the home of the program. This is your number five for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's been a dream of mine to come back and and coach here. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Newport, been playing in this program since I was nine years old. And once I got here into the high school scene as a player, uh, you know, Coach Barnett, Coach Kutzkamp, and then Coach Lynch were, were the three main coaches while I was here. Um, they kind of inspired me to always want to end up becoming a coach. I've always wanted to teach and coach. Um, and growing up in Newport is obviously incredible. Uh, so 
it's not a bad place to want to end up for the rest of your life. And so I, I emulated Coach Barnett's his whole path and his career. You know, putting fifty years into the classroom and and on the pool deck is something that I've like I, I was like I I love to have that same life. Um, and and if I can get anywhere close to his success, I'd consider myself a success. Um, so yeah, being back is incredible. It's it's really fun to be a part of it and now leading leading the program as opposed to looking up at someone telling me what to do. So mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been a it's been a rough ride for the first few years. Um, getting it back to it the way I wanted it and the vision that I had for it. But, uh, you know, nothing short of a good good coaching staff and a bunch of boys and girls that are bought in and working hard has, has allowed us to, to, you know, get the program back on the rise. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, I mean, for years and years and years, Newport was obviously like the pinnacle of Division One. It doesn't seem like there was kind of like a dip down there, right? Like probably a little bit around the time when I um, you were the girls coach to see him there for a second and all that. So just – what was it that you like, wanted to do when you became the coach here? That, you know, like what were some of your short-term goals and then to build the program back up and get where you are today? Yeah, so I'm a history guy. I study history at Santa Barbara. And so the first thing that I did is really bring back the history of this program and, and let the kids know about how important and how great I think this program really is and, and what, it, what it was. Um, and that kind of allowed to us and the boys to get the buy-in of – look, this is where it was and this is where we want to take it. And it's not going to happen in, in a day. It's not going to happen in a year. It's going to take some time. It's going to be a process. Um, and so, you know, I had a little, I got a four-year plan uh, where I wanted to, where I wanted to see it. Um, I had some really good young youth, uh, youth players, um, some young freshmen, sophomores, really good freshman class my first year. Um, so I kind of just brought them up with the varsity group and they got their butts kicked every day. Um, Cole Brosnan, was one of those sophomores uh, that played varsity right away. John Rankin, Ryan Brosnan, two gauchos, three gauchos. Um, they were part of that underclassmen youth movement um, that, that just kind of threw into the wolves right off the bat. And I knew it would pay off down the road. We, uh, we took some beatings early on. We, I mean, look, my first year we lost to Long Beach Wilson in the first round of CIF, and I'm almost certain the first time in school history. Uh, so I'm on the other end of the bad side of history, but – I looked at myself and said, I can only go up from here, hopefully, if I continue to do what I'm supposed to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, since then, it's we've, each year we've progressed, move up and up, and uh, now it's just a matter of sustaining it and, and, and playing at a high level and competing at a high level consistently. So you brought up, you know, bringing up freshmen and making them play at a high level, and I seem, it seems to be a common thread with – coaches saying that about getting their program up to a high level. Why do you think that? Is it just because they need the experience, like that sort of thing? Like, what do you credit that to? Like, why was that so big and influential in your plan? Um, honestly, there were some things that went on in my first year that we were short players. Okay. You know, there were some discipline issues that I had to take care of in, in the first, uh, some of the older guys. Um, and so just naturally, I only had a younger group. Mm -hmm. Um but I just think that if you really want to have that buy-in and, and you have a philosophy, uh, it's, it's important that you have people that are into it. And if they've been around someone for two or three years and then are listening to some guy and they're only here for a year, how vested or interested are they into that, that long-term plan? Um, and so kind of getting that, that group, capturing that group, identifying a, a group of kids that are talented um, and then running with it. 
and putting him through a lot of hard work and having some ups and downs and developing relationships and building that trust is something that uh, I think is really important. So it's against the Newport tradition yeah. of having a freshman play varsity, which is, I mean, my senior we had one is Clay Jorth, who ended up playing at UCLA. Yeah. Other than that, I think Peter Belden, who's played at UCLA as well. But I mean, it's very rare that a freshman would come in and play varsity right away. It was almost like a rite of passage, like you just do frosh off. Um, and I think the trend of water polo has gone away from that. Mm-hmm. I think if you're ready, you're ready. And if you're playing down because of your age, but your ability is at a higher level, it, it, it doesn't, it's actually detrimental to that, to that, you know, that athlete. So for me, it's, if you're ready, I don't care if you're 18 as a senior or a 14 year old freshman, you're ready. Makoto Kenny, he was, he was ready, uh, you know, and he was, he'll be a four year starter um, in this program, you know, and it would have been a waste if he played frosh off as a freshman. Yeah. Just because of how things used to be. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, bra- I'm kind of glad that you brought up the whole question philosophy and style thing. Um, just like, what is your own personal style of philosophy? What do you try to do? What do you try to um, it's a good question. Uh, I'm definitely, I don't know. It's weird to say, it's hard to say this, but I'll say it. The way I play, I would probably not like me as a coach, um, which is, and it's not, I would not like me, but it'd be, I can understand why I would have been difficult uh, as a player to deal with me as a coach. Um, Pretty controlled. I'm like a bit of a control freak. I have ways that I expect the game to be played and there's a lot of style, a lot of structure involved and details involved in all phases of the game and the way we play. Um, as a player, I think I read the game really well, so I didn't need someone to tell me what to do. And so that's probably where I might butt heads with my, my future self, my coach self. Um, yeah, so I, I think for me, it's a big, big part of, of our program is the conditioning factor, the, the work ethic that we put into it. And then, and then I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, fundamentals and, and paying attention uh, to detail in, in, in those aspects. I learned that from Lynch. Camp and Barnett, those they were as good as, as it gets. Uh, and really, if you want to be successful, you can't cut corners. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm combination of a player's coach. I, I think I get along well with my, my players and I try to relate with them as much as possible. But I also have no problem, you know, ripping into them if, if it's warranted and deserving. Uh, yeah. So you had mentioned, you know, you played for three great guys and, you know, up at Santa Barbara with Wolf. Is there anything in particular that you got from any of those guys that you bring to coaching now or anything that kind of stands out in your mind that, like, you remember being told or as a player that you try to do now? Yeah, uh, actually, Wolf is um, – so I came in as a freshman. I actually was recruited by by Joe Bryan, mm-hmm. um, which actually, like, Joe deserves – a. I owe everything to Joe because Joe took a chance on me as an undersized right-handed driver out of Newport uh, and was like, yeah, let's, let's get him up here at Santa Barbara. And, um, you know, if he never did that, I don't know where I'd end up. Maybe I'd still be down here, you know, playing somewhere else. So, you know, Joe was the first guy that actually gave me a chance to play at the division one level. Um, and he, he was an insane, uh, conditioning coach. I mean, we were swimming, I was swimming my fastest times in the middle of swim sets during, uh, during some trainings up there. But Wolf, I think took my game to another level as far as the individual skill. Um, he would get in and just 
he'd crush us. I mean, I think he still does and still can if he wants. He's he's an insane water polo player, insane mind. Um, but the one-on-one skills that I, I think I developed at Santa Barbara from, from Wolf was allowed me to, I think, become a better coach and also go off and play and have a pretty fun post-college career playing, uh, playing overseas and, you know, and having that love of the game. Um, Wolf was a big, big influence on me, like really loving the game. I mean, he would get in and shoot on me and I'd shoot on him like one-on-one shot blocking. If I wanted to learn how to rap, he'd teach me how to rap. If I wanted to like lean and reverse turn people and the little trick stuff that he does, I mean, I would just sit there and emulate it. And how do you do that? I want to do it. And, um, you know, as a polo junkie and, and he was as well. So, um, I, my game increased a lot because of his his impact as a coach. And then a lot of the skills that we work on out here, a lot of the shooting skills that, that we do, and I try to um, teach and implement my guys and girls here, is a lot of it's from what I learned from him, just the little uh, intricacies and nuances of different releases and, um, you know, what you see in a shot blocker and what you see in, in goalies and, and all that. So it's, it's had a big impact on, on my coaching, absolutely. I'm sure he's... Uh... He's pretty thankful for you now sending all these Newport kids to the yeah. program and they're balling out for it. Yeah, I was joking. <laughs> I was joking with I was joking with my wife. I'm like, I'm gonna write a huge check. I don't have any money. I'm a coach. I'm, I'm gonna write a massive check to. I'm gonna go write a bigger check. I like donate 200 bucks a year, whatever <laughs> yeah. I can. Right? I'm gonna donate 400 bucks. She's like, What do you mean? Just keep sending sending yeah. athletes up there. And I'm like, Oh, good point. Yeah, like, exactly. Right, You're good. That's, that's fair. You know. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I I don't tell these guys they have to go to Santa Barbara. Um, I'll help them pick the place that best fits them. The three boys that are up there right now, uh, the Brazen brothers and John Rankin, um, you know, I, I'm really happy for them. And, and I think they obviously made a great decision on where they're going. So, yeah, if I can send, if more guys go up there and, and they continue to do what they do, um, I don't have to I don't have to be in anyone's ear and tell them, hey, go to Santa Barbara. They're going to want to go there if they're continuing the success that they're having. So, yeah. Um, so kind of centering more on this season in particular uh, with your boys, um, just how how do you evaluate how the season's going so far? You guys just took second at the South Coast Tournament last weekend, uh, 11-7 loss there to Harvard Westlake in the championship game. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a good start. Um, you know, a little shorthanded, got a couple injuries. Uh, Makota Kenny's out for probably another week with a the, the broken finger. And then our lefty, uh, one of our lefties, Tommy Kennedy's out. He hurt his back earlier in last week. So he played a f- only a few minutes in one of the games. Um, but it was a great tournament for us. Uh, the, whole, the whole season has progressed pretty well. Um, you know, I think you mentioned about not peaking too early. Uh, and that's something that I think will be really important for us. So we can limp along. We have, we're developing some depth, some depth. Some young guys are, are stepping up and getting a lot of run right now in these guys' apps. And so when... I think when everyone's healthy and, and we can really start clicking and getting cohesive, we'll, uh, I think we'll be just fine. So, so nice. far, so good. Um, so something that I think is interesting, I mean, you look at past champions and past rankings, you're always seeing the modern day, the Harvard-Westlake, the Orange Lutheran, the private schools. And now, I mean, you're at the helm, you're here, you know, public school. Do you feel kind of like a sense of pride? Like this is your, you know, you're from Newport and, you know, you got the public school back on the map kind of thing. Yeah, the, the public and private uh, like chatter is, is interesting to me because when I was playing, there was no no private school. The only private schools that were good were the NorCal ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, so that I, I just wasn't around it. So there wasn't much of that. Um, it's actually when I was at CDM with the girls, 
on the boys' side, I think was when Modern Day was really out there. Modern Day Harvard were really out there. Um, their peaked Cathedral Catholic. Yeah. Right. Those three schools were really beating each other up and, and jockeying for that top top position. So that's kind of I think when when uh, public private started to started to go go a little a little nuts. Um, for me, it's again I think this program is so unique. Uh, being a beach community, uh, the history that this program has, you know, the age group program that we have going on, I, I, I'm not too worried about getting in, in this public versus private type of rivalry. It's more of focusing on what we can do and how we can um, be as good as we can be. Uh, I mean, it's exciting that there's, there's, I, I, it's really great that there's pri- private schools are putting in money to push for, for water polo, right? Mm-hmm. I think, the difference was when I was in high school and you guys probably the same is the only money that those private schools would push and, and throw out was, was football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. Um, so I think that's something that's important for our sport. So anything that provides more competition, um, it, for me, it's the, I think it's better. Um, you don't want to have, I think three good teams. Yeah. You know, I think we were seen in college water pool as well. So if modern day is great, Santa Margarita is great, Olu is great, Jay Sarah's on the rise, um, you know, these teams are getting good. Foothill's always going to be good. CDM's going to – they're always going to be fine, you know, and, and we're back up into where we're supposed to be. I think that's great for, for high school sports and I think the sport in general. Are you a fan – sorry. Are you a fan of like how it is like the D1, D2 now kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's exciting. Like a little bit more yeah. pressure kind of? Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's cool. Uh, and we've talked about it. I talked with like Coach Flax. Ryan and I get along, you know, good buddies at Harvard Westlake. So we've talked about like, what if we've, ex- what if we expanded to 12 teams? Right. And so, cause I think it's getting to that. Yeah. I think there's going to be the year where anyone can beat anyone. And then there's going to be the year where it's really only the four. Like I think, I think my second or third year when it was Harvard um, and modern day in the finals, it was really just them as a two horse race, you know? And so, Making it an eight team or a sixteen team really is irrelevant for for that. But last year I thought there was some good, uh, you know, it's pretty wide open. I think this year there's going to be some, you know, I think there's eight to ten really good teams. Um, so to see a team finish be in the ninth and tenth and be on the outside looking in, uh, you know, maybe it'd be, be kind of cool to to open that up a bit. I mean, they did with the college football, yeah. You know? So it's like I think you know we'll get to the point where if we have twelve teams. Um, it'll make it a little, I think, pretty exciting. Right, um, this is something, and this might be a really obvious answer. Um, this is something that I've always kind of thought about because, you know, Bosco and I were from, like, an inland area. We didn't grow up coming to the beach all the time and all that kind of stuff. But around here, obviously, you know, kids, like you mentioned, junior guards or, you know, like they surf or do whatever, they're always in and around the water, like their whole childhood growing up. And so... What I've always wondered is when it comes to developing players, especially young ones, like how much of an edge do you think that gives teams like you guys versus teams, you know, from areas where there's not a whole bunch of water around and kids aren't quite as, you know, in tune with it? I'll be the first to admit I think it's an absolute, it's a massive advantage. Um, Just knowing what I would do every summer as a little kid, going to junior guards, surfing in the morning, I'd wake up, surf till 12 o'clock, then I'd ride my bike to junior lifeguards, be in the water, body surfing, running around, paddling for another three hours. Then I'd ride home, have 30 minutes to, you know, shoveling some food. And then I'd come up here and do a practice with our 10s, 12s, 14s, whatever age group I was in. Um, and 
yeah, I think we were just naturally always fit, you know, that summertime was, and it was, I had no idea what I was doing and putting myself through, just loved it because it was all so much fun. Um, I coached 1400 girls here and I actually like scaled back all the conditioning during the, the like eight to 10 week phase of training leading up to jails because I knew they were all junior lifeguards and they're getting three hours of some sort of fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like thinking about it like that, like who knows if they're actually more fit or not, but I think there's a huge advantage of kids being out here paddling, body surfing, just the way pe- people move in the water, the way you catch a wave, body surfing, um, actually is very replicate some of the movements in water polo, like just the sculling motion, um, sitting on a board and egg beatering while you sit in place on a board, you actually do the egg beater movement to turn and catch a wave. You have to actually like propel your legs in an egg beater movement to turn the board and get into a wave. Um, so they're like little things that I think, you know, over time, if I'm an outliers guy, you know, so if, if, if I've been doing this, naturally before I actually was taught as a nine-year-old surfing since five years old, did that help me develop a better base in the pool? Did that help me move over my hips and pull water better? I don't know, but I seem to think that there's, I think there's an advantage to it. Absolutely. Right, yeah. In terms of the whole, like doing stuff all day, every day, I feel like in the moment you probably hate it, but now we're, you know, we're in our getting or later twenties. I wish yeah, I still did that much stuff. Man. Not nearly as active as I used to be. Oh, man. I hear you. I'd love to do junior guards again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, now I uh, thought we just might move into the college stuff. Um, we were kind of joking around about it before we went on the air. But, uh, you know, a couple of good friends of definitely Boston's. I've met John Vaughn a couple of times. Hung out with them, John Vaughn, the legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you guys were all there together, right, at Santa Barbara? Yeah. And uh, you were coached by O'Brien and then Wygo. Um, just, and I know that you already talked about earlier with like the conditioning and all that kind of stuff, but, um, just like, how would you kind of define like what UC Santa Barbara water polo was during O'Brien's time and then now Wolf? Like, do you feel like that they're kind of two different things? Um, you know, actually my sophomore year, uh, so Joe's last year, we actually beat Cal at Cal for the first time in 25 years, beat him seven, six on their homecoming. It was epic. Um, so that, that team was re- actually really good. Uh, Brian Alexander, right. One of the most insane players. I, he's a freak of nature in the water and, and absolutely the nicest guy ever. Um, Andrew Schoenberger is a lefty, uh, from the area that, that was super talented, played on the world uni games one of those years. And then John and John Bond in the cage. I mean, that game, I think he had 21 saves. He's just a freak. Um, <laughs> But we had a we had a good group, you know, and so we were I think fourth in the country at one point. Um, di- didn't finish, you know. I think we peaked a little too early. Uh, so my experience there was not, you know, I, I don't think there was a big difference. Um, there was a difference in style and the way we trained. There was a difference, uh, just a general approach. I mean, obviously, Wolf fresh out of the as the Olympic uh, as an as a captain on the Olympic team, three time Olympian. You know, the way he approached the game, the way he gave his, his insight as a, as a player to us, I think allowed us to, to, to play a different style. Um, and then I think his, just his knowledge and his uh, connections internationally allowed him to, uh, I think the recruiting was probably maybe a little easier for him at the beginning. People wanted a new coach, Olympian, three-time Olympian, Wolf Weigo, like, what, that sounds like a dream place to go play for, you know, and it's Santa Barbara. Um, and so I think we got some, some pretty talented players. My last year we had Milos Golic, 
who's the leading goal scorer in, in the in the whole program. Uh, I mean, a phenomenal shooter um, and an, an incredible team. As actually was talking about about him um, and John Bor Vince, another Hungarian. He was incredible. Uh, Ratko Panovic, um, he transferred from LMU. So so I think Wolf was able to to get a little bit more talent from outside of of uh, of the area. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I had a great experience the whole time. I, I love Joe, own everything. Um, and I love Wolf. Uh, I talked to him, you know, we talked to each other often. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a cool time up there. All right. Um, yeah. So I think it was kind of funny. So, um, your senior year, you guys beat Stanford. Yeah. Right. Uh, nine to seven, you scored two goals in that game. Uh, that was your guys' first win against them in like 20 years. Yeah. Fast forward to now. This Gaucho's team beats SC for the first time in like 30 years. Um, just how big is a win like that for a program to just kind of like jumpstart, you know, maybe kids' interests, like short and long term? How, how big is that for a program? I think it's huge. Um, you know, I just came from a team dinner and a lot of my seniors already committed SC, Cal, UCLA, um, and, and they were someone joked like how about them gauchos and i'm like that's right number one you know like if you guys want to reconsider or what you know like it's the place to be and they're like actually you know but not actually but but it just it, it that that was an actual like it's on it's on people's minds you know and i think it's huge i think it's absolutely um you know especially the run they're putting on right now not just having one win right like when we beat cal that was the first time i think in 30 years right and and we ruined their homecoming day you know place was packed did it did one per, one future freshman or future gaucho go i was at that game and that's why i want to go to santa barbara i don't know you know but i think winning beating sc beating pepperdine twice in the way they did it beating stanford um i, I think that and and honestly it's a testament to the the gold coast conference i think having that ncaa bid is going to allow all those schools to to uh, hopefully get better recruits, um, so I would hope that that this this buzz and this energy and this success is definitely gonna I think make people think twice about where they want to go. Um, I think Danny Rollins a case of it, the the, UCLA, the former UCLA goalie, and him going to Santa Barbara and, and the reason why he's there now um, is you know I think it'll cause a lot of people to, uh, you know, reconsider where they want to go. And you don't have to go to the big four, you know, to get an NCAA championship or an NCAA opportunity. Um, I think it's going to start – I think it's going to change. I think Dame Graham up at Pacific's doing an incredible job, Gavin at Long Beach, and then obviously Merrill and Terry at, at um, Pepperdine. You know, they're, they're everyone's knocking on the door. So I think this is going to be a pretty cool year. Not to mention, you can play snap up. <laughs> <laughs> this table. Hey, you want? I could. I could sell Santa Barbara to anyone. It's the best place ever. You know, it's. I mean, you got Brian Shaw, former Laker, right? <laughs> Gaucho Grage in Rome. You know, it's yeah, Jack home. Johnson. Yeah. I mean, you want it. The, the waves are incredible. It's, it's God's country. You know, so okay. <laughs> it's the best place. Might ever. have to take a trip up there. Yeah, soon. you should. It's you should. Yeah. Um. Oh, so um, it's kind of funny that we talk about, like, Daniel bringing up, you know, getting sparking interest. And we kind of got in this debate last week on this pod about I personally think that the domino has fallen with Yovan being gone. I think 
him being gone, I think that was a huge reason why people are gonna, you know, maybe not end up going there. I think that he's like he was a great coach. I think people wanted to play for him. And now that, you know, I mean, they lost one game, whatever, but maybe they lose another two or three. And, you know, Cal's losing here. Santa Barbara's on the rise. Pepperdine's on the rise. Do you think it's now time? Like right now the rankings are crazy. Like everybody's, you know, all over the place. Do you think it's now going to start to be a trend where, you know, it isn't just going to be the big four anymore. People are going to start going to these other schools. We are going to have the gauchos up top. Maybe the maybe Pepperdine goes back up there. Do you kind of see that going? And Yeah, I do actually. Um, you know, I, I – I don't really have, I don't really know much about the US, US, uh, USC situation. You know, obviously I'm aware just like everyone else is, but I don't know any, any of the inside details on, on all that. And uh, I mean, I think no doubt that that's, that's going to have an effect on their program. There's going to be a little bit of a lull, um, but I think Pinta's guys, he's an incredible coach and I'm sure things will, will get back on track there. Um, but, I, but I do, I think that, I think the level of water polo, and the amount of kids that are playing and continuing to play in college is, is going to have a huge factor on on these teams outside of the big four. Um, you know, you, you get the good athletes, and some of them just aren't playing water polo anymore. There's some blue-chip recruits that go to the big four, and they just end up not finishing all four years. That's a really good point. You know, yeah. and so if, if people, those guys see that, that maybe that's not where they want to end up, and they want to go to another program that's maybe a, as far, you know, it's, it's serious and they're trying to win, but it's not, hey, this has to, you know, you have to do this. You can't take certain classes, whatever, whatever it is. Um, there, there's, I think there's opportunity for, for good athletes to go to these other schools and, and really help them, you know. And um, I think you're starting to see that. I think there's guys on Santa Barbara's team. I think you see that on, on Pepperdine's teams. You see that on, on Long Beach's teams that there's some, there's some big four talent. Uh, that are opting to go there. I mean, I, I talked about not, I got a really lucky and, and fortunate that Joe took a chance on me. My whole family's UCLA, right? If I could have, if I could, if I had to pick where I wanted to go, it would have been UCLA. But if you asked me, would you rather play right off the bat or would you rather have to grind another two, three years like I just did at the program that Newport Harbor was just to get on varsity and maybe not play and potentially have some really good freshmen come in and pass me up or a foreigner come in and pass me up. Um, I would choose playing right off the bat, you know, and I tell that to my athletes here, you want to play, you go where you, if you love the game and you, you want to play, you got to go where you're going to get that opportunity. Um, and at Santa Barbara, I didn't redshirt my first year and I played all four years and the career that I had there was, was essentially, I think it's helped me get to where I am right now. Um, and so I think that's something that that is important for for those non Big Four schools. Is you get that opportunity to play, you can now play for an NCAA championship. I think that's that's the ticket to uh, to really building it up and and opening up this what was a four horse race to you know a little bit more uh, more competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly agree. Um, I think it's like a combination of things, like you mentioned, just more kids going on to play in college. Like I think like we started college in 2010 or 2010 grads from high school, and I feel like just in this short amount of time, short amount of time, by the way, makes me really old, by the way. <laughs> nah. um, <laughs> but like I just feel like the amount of kids that are going to play, like you said, has just gotten even bigger. And then now, um, like with the old NPSF, kind of you know it's gone now. Cause I'm sure that was a really challenging conference for you guys to play, and you know just I think it's all just kind of adding up and. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of change there is. Yeah, I mean, my last two years at Santa Barbara, if we were in the Gold Coast, I would have went. I would have gone to two NCAA championship tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we were fifth my last two years, fourth, fifth, and so we beat Long Beach, beat Pepperdine, beat Pacific, beat UCI. Uh, yeah, we would. I would have had two Gold Coast championships, and, <laughs> and I would have gotten have that experience. You know, and um, I think that's something that these teams are going to, these athletes are going to start wanting to be a part of. I think yeah. you see it on the women's side. You know, it's the opportunity, like Dan Clack getting these really good athletes at UCIs because there's a legit opportunity to uh, go in and, and uh, compete. All right. Um, so, yeah, then you mentioned, you know, you got the chance to play overseas afterwards. You played in France, Australia, and Brazil. In Brazil. Yeah. Guys, what was that like? It, the whole, all the countries or Brazil in particular? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, or all of it. is Brazil your favorite one? Uh, it was a month. It was a one-month season. Oh, it was epic. Yeah, it was incredible. It was uh, one month in Rio. It was, it was, it was super fun. It was a really, really good experience. Um, but, but just playing overseas was just really fun. I mean, I love, I love the game. I wouldn't be, I think, coaching if I didn't. And so being able to continue to play after college was something I aspired to do. And then Wolf was a big help of that. Um, France was interesting, really cool being in Europe. Uh, it's during the financial crisis. So like all of a sudden, like everything that I was promised was gone. So I was actually stuck in France for like, I left halfway through the season, played for the Detroit lions of French water poly. We were owing 11. <laughs> I was owed a lot of money, not a lot of money. I was owed like, 5,000 euros and it just never wow. saw it. And so I actually <laughs> like, yeah, we ended, up, <laughs> we ended up just leaving. Uh, yeah. Like middle of the night, like I got a flight out of Brussels and that was it. And it was, uh, it was, yes. I mean, it was killer being in France, you know, it was, it was really a good experience. And uh, yeah, I got went back to Australia. Australia is where it's at. Um, yeah. I think if you said Australia, Santa Barbara or OC, I would, Australia would be. Oh, wow. You know? um, okay. Yeah, love loved Australia. It's a great league. I encourage every single person to go play if they can. It's the best. It's like playing college water polo with no school. Uh, it's perfect level of, of water polo. It's great social life. You're in Australia. People are incredible. Um, yeah, I was it's met some unreal people. Great friends. That I still uh, still keep in touch with. They came out to my wedding. I got going out to their weddings. Um, yes, my best friends are out there. Well, yeah, that seems like hopefully like the next step for American water polo players, right? Is getting more people to go overseas and play, or hopefully we can start our own thing here. Hopefully, yeah, I think that's the awesome. biggest thing is to get yeah. guys playing here. I mean, Obviously, we're a long time. I feel like we're a long way from that. Yeah, I think that's still a long way off. I mean, like these top level college games are not even being shown like on the internet or anything half the time. Yeah, so, it's frustrating. It's it's like yeah. it's crazy that we can't can't figure that out. Uh, and it can't get figured out. I mean, I think you guys doing this is insane. This is awesome. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, and this is like Steve Crayer doing his uh, off the deck. Uh, you know, I, I think it's like this is what's needed, you know. And so hopefully um, hopefully it starts generating that, that type of opportunity because it's pretty easy to live stream something these days. You, know, you do it from your so, phone, yeah. you know. And so hopefully we can figure it out. I think that's the next key is developing some sort of league that, that John Abdu's, you know, working his tail off to try to make happen. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, I mean, I kind of want to dive into. I mean, you talked about 
you you have a little bit. I mean, you do coach with USA, you know, uh, youth, right? Yeah, youth. Um, and there's been a lot. I mean, I'm not sure how much you can touch on and stuff, but there's been a lot of criticism about the USA men's. Do you have any intake or like or any take on it? Like, what do you do? You th- I mean, you're kind of behind the scenes, I guess, a little bit more. Are people f- overreacting, sort of thing, or how do you think things are going? Um, I, I mean, I, well, I'm not really around them at all. Yeah, uh, I know I'm in that the, the, the pipeline and in, in the, on that side of the program. Um, but you know, I think I think they they're gonna you know obviously they're gonna they're gonna work their tail off, and and I, I don't doubt that that's not going to happen um i think they have some extremely talented players um you know and and so i'm hoping for the best uh i'm not around them i don't see them um but just knowing the athletes that they have and you know it's it's a usa you know we 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 have a lot of pride in what we do uh it's kind of what our country's built off of so you know come come uh this upcoming summer i'm I'm hoping that that everything works out and and the results uh they, they they present themselves so yeah definitely because i remember like leading up to the real olympics there was like i feel like there was a lot of hype behind that team yeah and then they didn't even get out of the groups and then you know players like brett Benani and josh Sanders right. and all that's kind of a little deflating so hopefully this next time around yeah it's it's tricky i mean i don't have experience as national team level as an athlete um but it's crazy to think about a four-year cycle and have and timing it to peak for two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot that can, there's a lot more that can go wrong than that, that can go right, you know, and so I don't know what happened at, at Rio and, you know, the draw and, and how all that stuff works out. There's a lot of, you know, things that I think have to go your way, um, you know, and, and I'm confident that, you know, our country is going to go out there and, and compete with the best, so. Maybe see some new poor kids out there, right? Hopefully uh, one day. <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah, wouldn't that, have, that that'd be awesome. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see. Well, Anything else, one final question. All right. One final one. So it seems like you're pretty happy here. Would you ever consider coaching at the collegiate level? Uh, um, Santa yeah. Barbara opens up. Yeah, well, that's tough. Uh, yeah, yeah, Wolf's, yeah, Wolf's yeah, ready yeah. to hang no, out. No, he's rolling right now. Where, <laughs> there's no reason he's, for This him. is it. This is the last year he's putting all of this. No, 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 no. Um, you know, I love I love being here. Like I said, this has been something that I've, I've wanted to do my whole life, and now I'm doing it. Uh, you know, I'm in the process of getting my teaching credentials so I'm in school right now. Um, so if I end up becoming a teacher here and, and, and coaching and I'm here for 40 years, then, then I'm stoked. Um, do I aspire to coach at the next level? Absolutely. I think, you know, I'm a competitor and, and I want to be around the best athletes. And I think the next best group of athletes is at the collegiate level. So, um, you know, I think it'd, be the, it'd have to be the right opportunity. Uh, it'd be really hard to leave this place. So, so yeah, I'd have to be have to be the absolute right opportunity and you know if that happens it happens if it doesn't i'm I'm pretty happy with where i'm at awesome yeah cool well hey coach thanks for your time yeah this was pretty awesome yeah thanks yeah this is awesome uh thanks for having me and we do it again i'm all (laughs) i'm all for it love talking water polo here we go absolutely love it maybe you had a watering hole here next (laughs) year we'll see um But yeah, hey, as the season goes on, good luck to the best of you. I mean, we're going to see you in Newport Harbor in the CSB Championship come November, December, right? <laughs> hey, that's the plan, right? <laughs> I think if that happens, then I should retire. From hey, <laughs> hang it up. That'd be great. <laughs> cool. Well, all right. Um, yeah, thanks again. And uh, best of luck to you the rest of the Yeah, way. thank you guys. Appreciate thanks. it. All right. Well, this is it. Cross Pass Podcast signing off. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.